This is Monica Hooper for the What's Up podcast to talk about the musical people are losing their heads over. Six is coming to the Walton Art Center in Fayetteville September 12th through 18th. Joining me today are the Tudor Queens slash pop icons, Sydney Para and Jerry Ann Perez, who are giving the Tudor Queens a redemption story. Thank you for joining me today, Sydney and Jerry Ann. Thanks. Okay, so just getting started, will you both introduce yourselves and tell me a little bit about the queens that you're portraying in six? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Sid, do you want to go first, maybe? Yeah, so I am Sydney Barra. I play Catherine Parr in Six the Musical. She is the sixth and final queen. Um, she is notoriously known for being the only queen to outlive Henry VIII. Um, so she notoriously survived her marriage with him, which makes her um, of note in the grand story of Henry VIII's Six Wives. And Jerrianne? Yeah, sure. I uh, I play Jerrianne Perez. Wow. Hello. I am Jerrianne Perez, and I play Catherine of Aragon. Now, she was the, I'm the bookend to Sydney, so I was the first queen. Um, I was sort of notoriously known for being the one that was married to him for the longest. I was with him for 24 years. Um, I always like to say that had uh, their marriage was beautiful in the beginning. They they had a lot of love, a lot of respect for each other. And I always like to say that had she been able to give him a male heir, I don't think there would have been the other five wives because that's really most, if not all, that man ever really cared about was having a male heir for his throne. Um, but Catherine of Aragon was incredibly loyal. She was deeply, deeply pious and connected to the Catholic Church. Um, in fact, it's so interesting that the, the you know the English people loved Catherine of Aragon so much as the queen that it they made it so difficult for Henry to you know get a divorce and marry Anne Boleyn so much so that Henry had to create his own Church of England, his own you know basically religion to be able to get a divorce to Catherine of Aragon because that's how much both the Vatican and the people fought to keep her queen. Um, so she was just deeply loved, deeply respected, and um, and sadly married to him for the longest. And um, so I'm wondering, uh, since this is kind of like, well, obviously it's a historical revision, like how much of that, de- how many of those details come out in the story itself? Uh, quite a bit. It's actually, I think some people hesitate um, to go see a historical revision show because they're afraid that they don't have the foundational knowledge to keep up with the story. Um, we give you everything you need. Um, surprisingly, we're, we're able to pack a lot of information into a very short amount of time. Um, and it's quite historically accurate, correct, Ariane? Like, I think for the most part, they, they did I their... Think- yeah, I mean, there there are bits and pieces of information that are just kind of like uh, spoon fed to you to get it to where you can kind of understand what's happening. And obviously there are much greater details, but I really feel like this gives you the bones and the blueprint to understand. Like, for example, one of my favorite lyrics that a best friend uh, showed to me when they showed me this album back in like 2018 from the West End was, you know, in, in Ex-Wives, we have these moments where we do these this who's who, which is we come forward as each queen and we sort of do a very quick 
quick introduction, sort of an eight bar cut of who we are. And we have to fit who we are into that so that people have a digestible bite as to who we are. Anne Boleyn uh, has this line where she says, my sleeves may be green, but my lipstick's red. That's because Henry wrote her this the green sleeves, like very famous poem as a way to court her. So that's like a little bit of knowledge that like, if you knew historically that bit, you'd get that, but not like, not if you don't, you know what I mean? Like they, the writers, Lucy and Toby, they really understood everything about this and knew the little bits, the, the little nuggets to give you. Yeah. And just to keep in with that, um, can you talk about the format of this musical for people who are unfamiliar with it? Because it doesn't follow a traditional storyline, correct? Yeah, it's it's uh, so basically we are trying our best to replicate a stadium pop show. So the show imagines a world in which these six women sort of get together and write an album where they each get a song explaining why their experience with Henry was the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've sort of formed a girl group out of these six wives and everybody gets their solo moment. Each solo is for the most part based off of real life pop stars. We pull from people like Adele, we pull from Ariana Grande, we pull from Beyonce. Um, And we do basically a pop show, handheld microphones and all, in-ear monitors and all. Um, So in that way, it's not a traditional uh, musical theater experience, um, but for the most part does follow regular musical theater tropes. Um, But the show is like 80 minutes of lights and choreography and costumes in a way that is not being done in any other Broadway show right now. That's that sounds really fun, Um, especially I can only imagine how you get ready for a role like that. Did you both have like pop icons you were using as your inspiration? Yes, very much so. I mean, we were provided when we when we auditioned, we were given these little character descriptions. And obviously, Toby and Lucy, they had, you know, artists in mind and artists that inspired even the way that they wrote this music and the sort of tone and timbre they're expecting from each of these queens. Um, but we were also really inspired to sort of bring our own take to each queen. So for I can speak to myself personally. Um, I, I drew inspiration from both Beyonce and Jennifer Lopez. And so before, even in auditions for the show, but definitely when I got cast and when I was going into the role, I was spending a ton of time um, just watching live concerts of both Beyonce and JLo, just to see the way that they took to the stage, just to see the way that they interacted with the audience members, the way they smiled, the way they laughed, the way they were both, you know, just like, superstars in one moment, these these absolute idols. And then in another moment, they would look at an audience member and just become a human being and laugh with them or smile at them. It's these, these they put on these beautifully nuanced performances that are not usually performances we have to replicate in the world of musical theater. A lot of times we're doing a book musical and we're really focusing on the acting, the scene work, the, the character themselves. But in this musical, we're really trying to replicate a pop star, which is a completely different kind of stage persona, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So what do you, what, what was you, 
for Sydney, what did um, you, who were you looking at? Yeah, so when um, when we started the rehearsal process, um, I was told a lot that Alicia Keys was the the inspiration for Catherine Parr. Her sort of like groundedness and her like soulful R&B ballad with a lot of heart vibe was what they were going for when they wrote my song, which is I Don't Need Your Love. And so I decided to look towards some of the like soulful ballad queens that I was inspired by. Um, I personally love JoJo, like early 2000s JoJo was like how I learned to sing. Um, she's actually, she was just on Broadway recently, which is actually so funny. Um, and I also look towards Selena Quintanilla because I think she did a beautiful job of blending the Spanish and non-Spanish speaking communities and uniting them through her music. And that, um, her morality sort of inspired me and felt very much in alignment with my version of Catherine Parr. So we got to play around with those with those inspirations. And I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Um, we ended up we watched a, a Beyonce concert together as a cast. That was like part mm -hmm. of a, a rehearsal day, actually. Yeah, we watched Beyonce's um, Roseland, which yeah. they like. Toby and Lucy kind of drew inspiration for just in terms of the format of our actual show is Beyonce's Roseland. Yeah. Pretty yeah. fun homework to do. Yeah. <laughs> I love that our modern queen is the, you know, one of the inspirations for how this show looks. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, tell me about the songs themselves. What song, um, Sydney, you mentioned the song that you sing. So Jerry Ann, can you tell me about what song you're singing and the songs that you all sing together? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I sing the song No Way. It's uh, basically, you know, the top of the show. So we, we as all six queens, we come out of this really cool kind of kabuki curtain and we, we give you our introductions in the song called Ex-Wives. Then uh, we kind of launch into my song, which is basically you know, I have to kind of come out the gate and show the audience if they don't have any understanding of what Six the Musical is, I basically am the one to show them what they're about to go through, which is sort of like a singing competition, you know, like Sydney mentioned, we're all kind of vying for the top spot of the queen who had it the hardest. And definitely Catherine of Aragon in her eyes, especially being married to him for the longest, feels that way. So No Way is this real banger. It, it really has to kind of capture your attention right at the top of the show. And it's just action packed. It's so much fun. It's it's when it when I was auditioning, they were like, we really want you to think kind of like think like early like performances of like Beyonce's drunken, not drunken love, my goodness, crazy in love. Um, and it's, it's got a, a bunch of beautiful, like Latin rhythms. The, the beats of it are incredible. And the, the context for the song is historically she's, you know, she kind of gives the bullet points of what her relationship is with him. But then the sort of linchpin of the song happens when um, historically Catherine of Aragon actually presented herself to the court and they were trying to decide whether Henry had grounds to divorce her, um, you know, in the eyes of the Catholic church. And she, she comes in, she, she presents herself, which was not very common back then for a woman to kind of defend themselves. She basically gets on her knees and she says, you know, I 
I did everything right by you. I, um, I gave you a child, you know, and, and, but if you can actually honestly tell me anything, like one concrete thing I've actually done to wrong you. Now he could have, you could, he could have said adultery, which is how he got Anne Boleyn and Captain Howard. He could have just said anything, but she said, do you have anything to, to really have grounds to want to divorce me? And he had nothing. He had nothing. And that's why he ended up having to create the Church of England. So that part actually exists in my song, is feeling the victory of knowing he has no grounds to say I was a bad wife to him, um, which is a really fun celebratory moment in the song. Um, so yeah, very long-winded way of saying it's a real banger. <laughs> All right. And Sydney, tell me more about your song. Yeah. So um, Toby and Lucy always sort of describe my character, Catherine Parr, is a dramaturgical gift because there's not a whole lot of information about her actually historically. Um, and they sort of capitalized on that opportunity to make my song, I Don't Need Your Love, the sort of heart and soul um, and the thesis of the piece. Um, Catherine of Aragon was in love with another man um, when Henry courted her and decided they were going to be married. Unfortunately, in that time, you can't really say no to such an offer. Um, so she was forced to give up the lifestyle that she wanted to lead to marry Henry VIII. Um, however, she utilized that to create a platform for herself to get what she wanted done to promote female education. Um, she had her hands in the church. She was doing really beautiful things with her platform. And she turned the situation um, on its head for herself. And um, the song sort of celebrates her achievements, as long as the achievements of these other women that are outside of this marriage to this man. Um, it celebrates all of their victories, all of their accomplishments outside of simply just being a number in Henry VIII's nursery rhyme. Yeah. Um, and it really takes the opportunity to celebrate that. Um, and it sort of flips the audience's intention of who exactly they're supposed to be rooting for and what exactly they're supposed to be rooting for. Okay. Right. I just wanted to correct something very quickly, just in case for print. But uh, Sid accidentally said Catherine of Aragon was in love with another man. She, she meant Catherine oh, Park. Catherine Park, so sorry. <laughs> Oh, so that's, that's okay. I just, in the moment I was like, oh, was she in love with somebody else? Did I miss that part in the book? No, no, but uh, but uh, I just, I just wanted to make sure to, to get the, the right Catherines. There are three Catherines in the show. Half of us are Catherines. Yeah, that's, um, I figured that would be like the one impediment for like following the show is that there's so many stories and you're like, wait a minute, who? So I, I really appreciate that you pointed out that you really, I mean, like you don't even really have to know who Henry VIII is to go walking in there, right? No, not at, all. not at all. Not at all. We're going to give you all the information that one needs to know. Um, and it's very digestible. It's bite size. Like if the kids are following it, the adults will follow it. It's we make it. It's, it's pretty clear. All right. Um, Sydney, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you, you were in Town, which came through here recently. Where, what tour were you on? I was on the I was on the first national. Um, I left the tour to start six the musical. I think literally right before they got to you guys. I think like two cities before. Huh. Um, and I left and I, I I went straight from Hades Town to to six. But it was such a beautiful beautiful experience and 
the show is fantastic and I miss it all the time. It was such a great, great show. Yeah, we, we really liked it here. Who did you play? I was in the workers chorus. I was in the ensemble and then I actually understudied on that show. So I covered Eurydice and I covered the fates. Nice, nice. Uh, other fates were amazing in that oh, show. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> ensemble did a lot of lifting. Um, there wasn't much of an ensemble for this show, right? I'm, I'm not there's, none. there's none. Okay, so the principal characters are you are just the wives, and then are there, is there anyone else on stage with you? We have the ladies in waiting, our band. Um, that's a that's kind of like a cute little nod to history. Is uh, the ladies in waiting that were there for each queen, um, and so our band has our ladies in waiting. So it's our different, our four different band members, and they each play an actually, you know, historically accurate lady in waiting that was connected to at least one of the one of the queens. Awesome! Well, this sounds like such a fun show. How have crowds been responding? They're loving it. Right. I think it really appeals to to um to most people, and I think people who aren't theater dorks mm-hmm. end up being obsessed with this show because it's so different, it's so accessible, and it pulls on so much contemporary music that it's really easy to love. Um, and obviously, theater dorks are obsessed with it too. So it really it's it's going great for us out here on the road. We're so grateful that the audiences have been so receptive. Absolutely. Okay. Well, once again, thank you both for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're looking forward to seeing you on stage here in Fayetteville. Yay. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.